People of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. And welcome again to another edition of The Brothers Talk. We're glad to be back with you again this week, focusing on issues that are relevant and pertinent to the Black community. We're looking forward to more of your feedback, and we hope to continue to bring you thought-provoking and stimulating information. But before we get to that, here we are with Scott and Norm. Hey, family. I hope you're being safe and cautious out here during these uncertain times. And what we want you to remember to do is, especially now, is you got to buy Black. Again, hey, family. And I just want to say uh, Black Wall Street is coming to your town. All right. So this week, we are ready to launch an initiative that, as you just heard Norm mention, we recognize that one of the great periods of this country for at least Black people in a particular region was the Black community of Tulsa known as Greenwood, used to be referred to as Black Wall Street. And Black Wall Street was such an industrial and prosperous area that obviously it angered the good white people of Tulsa enough that they effectively destroyed it. They bombed it. They firebombed it. They did everything to try and take it out of existence. Why? Because Blacks were self-sufficient. Because Blacks did not need or were not beholden to white people. Blacks were doing better than the whites in the surrounding community of Tulsa, and it literally drove them mad into a frenzy that made them attack it on every front. So we started looking at that and started to think about what were some of the issues that Black Wall Street was able to address. And we thought this would be a good time for us to look at an initiative of how do we bring back Black Wall Street. And so we want to start there and just have a little bit of conversation around it and then help the rest of our community to understand what we see as a really positive solution to a lot of the ills of our community. You know, first of all, Rod touched on Black Wall Street a little bit. I'm hoping that family go out there and do some research. Google Black Wall Street. There's a lot of material out there about Black Wall Street. Just learn about it. Educate yourself about Black Wall Street. This is what we need to get back to. We've been talking about this, and, and I think that a lot of our problems stem from not having a financial base in our community. And what we want to happen is that we want to figure out how can we, as a community, Black community, how can we own our own businesses. We have banks. We have some black banks. But how can we own our own insurance company, hospitals? How can we own our own manufacturing plants so that we can employ our own folks? When we do that, I think some of the problems that we have in our communities are starting to go away because we can support ourselves financially. And, and to really do that, we have to control the economics and the political realm 
within our own communities. The basic needs, supermarket, dry cleaner, laundry mats, we use these services. We should own these services. Even if we have to co-op and contribute together and invest together to start these businesses, we have to start controlling the economic in the community. And what we know is that Black Wall Street wasn't really, it was kind of a misnomer because it wasn't about necessarily just an investment process like is the Wall Street that's in New York City. It was about self-sufficiency of that Black community. As Norm just mentioned, it was Black supporting Black businesses within that whole strata. When you read up on Black Wall Street, you will read up on the condition of Black dentists, Black doctors, Black insurance companies, Black contractors, Black banks, Black barbers, Black beauty salons. And what is even more true today than it was in the early 1900s when Black Wall Street existed is the fact that we as a Black community still are recognized as the most predominant consumer force in the world as a group that we rival many nations in terms of our buying power. And so the money exists, but what we do not do, which is what a lot of the other ethnic communities do and focus on, is making sure that that money changes hands within our community three, four, five, six times or more before it ever leaves our community. And it is why so many other ethnic groups, as well as Main Street Market Madison Avenue looks to target us in their advertising and promotional scheme because it's always about how do we get more black dollars out of their own communities flowing into our communities to support us. And so we realize that the money is already there. And what is going to be unique about what we're pushing now is the idea that as opposed to a centralized Black Wall Street, We're actually launching the notion that every community across the country where there are Black people should have their own version of Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street in your neighborhood, Black Wall Street in your community, Black Wall Street in your town, in your municipality, in your city, in your state. Big problem that existed with the old Black Wall Street was once they destroyed the one, there was nothing to pick up and go forward. Our idea is that if the one Black Wall Street, we're certain that they're going to be a lot of resistance to individual Black Wall Streets coming up and springing up around the country. But the idea that once one falls, there will be others that can pick up the slack. And that is something we have not heard anybody else talk about. Right. And, and Rod just made a great point. Actually, Rod, you and Norm both made great points because Norm talked about even if we have the co-op, we got to support each other. We got to start. And what Rod was painting the picture of how we can do this by neighborhood, by communities, by cities, by municipalities. What, what I'm looking for out of the family is people who can organize these kind of efforts, people who can start thinking about how do we take some action items to get this started instead of just talking about it. We want to plant the seed, but we want to hear from you. Give us some ideas about how do we approach the banks? Who can go approach the bankers? We've committed to start putting our money in black banks. And I think that's a start. But not just putting your money in the black banks. Go to the bankers and say, look, 
This is what we're attempting to do. This is what we want to do. We want to save our communities. We want to build, rebuild Black Wall Street. How can you help us rebuild Black Wall Street? And even just starting an economic development group in each community and getting the people to understand the short-term goals and the long-term goals and what you're trying to build for the community and really for the young people. You're dealing with a lot of poor people, people who are really maybe not even educated and could understand everything that you're but once you lay out the plan and the goal and give them a pathway, now this is just me. What I envision is basically if you can get people to donate a dollar and donate and put that money into the development corps and deposit that into the black bag, then just build from there. That's why we're saying, you know, block by block, neighborhood by neighborhood, community by community, because inside our neighborhoods, we have the ability to focus on supporting black business. And one of the things that we are acknowledging is that 401 years of oppression have done a number to us mentally. And so the idea of having a centralized Black Wall Street is one that is not particularly feasible because we have too many mistrust and distrust issues that are brought on not by the stereotyping that so many people like to point to, but simply by the fact that we do have to really be cognizant of the fact that you cannot have people who are operated under 401 years of suppression and oppression and discrimination to suddenly throw that off and find their way into being a uniform thought process. But most people are protective of their own neighborhoods and finding Black doctors and Black dentists and Black accountants and campaigning for Black teachers and and working through your Black churches is a way to reestablish Black Wall Street in your own communities. And this may sound a little bit controversial, but I would also propose that you talk to the drug dealers in your communities, because I firmly believe that Nobody just basically decided that the idea of being a drug dealer and having your life constantly under scrutiny by law enforcement, uh, having the disdain of your community at large, being constantly in danger of turf wars and so forth, is what somebody just started out as a kid to want to aspire to. The idea of becoming a drug dealer is tied specifically to the notion of how much money can be made versus a medium or minimum wage job. And yet what I've also noticed is some of these brothers and sisters who are in that trade have some tremendous organizational and delegation skills that could be put to better use. And as Norm talked about, with a development authority, then divert their attention away from the negative path and try to put some of those skills into a more positive environment. Yeah, that's that's a great point, it, it, and it will be controversial, Rod, right? and we will and, and we will get attacked for for that. But if it works, it's a solution that works, and I think it can work. One of the things that I think we can accomplish here is when you talk about development courts. We have athletes and you have celebrities. They tend to donate money to, say, a community center for kids, something that deals with sports or something that deals with entertainment. Why not tap into those people to invest in organizations or organizing to build businesses, to help build 
that kind of infrastructure in our communities because we need an infrastructure. If we can do it in one place, then duplicate it across the country and get people in here to build this infrastructure and what the infrastructure would look like. I think that's a great idea. Basically, what you're saying is we should develop a template yeah. and pick out a city and yeah. hit that city with it. Yeah. And basically, build off of that model. Exactly. That, that's once a beautiful you, idea. Once you show success there, then we got proof of concept, take that success from city to city to small town to large city and just duplicate it. And tap, like I said, tap into some of these folks. I see where Kevin Durant, he just built, gave some money to uh, the area where he plumb apart some uh, some learning and physical fitness center or something like that. Uh, he donated something like $20 million and it basically focuses on kids. There's nothing wrong with that. So use those kind of people to help us build the infrastructure, but we can put something in place. We can, we can actually build the actual concept. We can do the concept and then put the infrastructure in place. And that's a good thing you mentioned too, Scott, about the celebrities and sports figures that are out there because there's no shortage of them. When you really get right down to it, when you go across the major sports, when you go across the entertainment medium of movies, television, radio, and and other forms of entertainment, we are well represented there. And each of those individuals came from somewhere. And so why not challenge them to go back and jumpstart Black Wall Street in their own particular communities? There are those who do that and some of the others who have spread it out as well, but they aren't enough. Unfortunately, they've been poisoned in their mentality around the idea of the capitalism model of get all you can, put it in your can and sit on your can. And what unfortunately what they do is they waste it on non-essentials. They waste it on things that are not productive. And that's by design as well, because there's no reason for anybody. And we're not trying to tell you how to spend your money, but think about whether or not you need a second or third Bentley versus could that money be better used to support your name within your community? And so there are those options that we want to put out there. And for those in the family who are listening, and if you have access to those celebrities and whatever medium they are, challenge them. Ask them what their objection would be. I mean, you're going to get a lot of blowback from them uh, with some of the same stereotypes that we will hear from Republicans and, in fact, some liberal Democrats who will talk about we don't necessarily support our own or is that a good use of the money? But you never hear that when they come asking for money for their pet charities. So it's time for us to be more focused on how do we relaunch and restart Black Wall Street in every Black community across this country. One thing I want to say is that this is just the start of the conversation. We're going to try to focus a lot more about Black Wall Street, trying to get solutions, trying to get ideas from the family, share your ideas, your connections. That's what we're going to try to make this thing happen. We're going to continue to talk about it on this podcast, but it's not just a one-time thing. And in the coming weeks, we're going to invite some of our guests to come in and share their opinions. We certainly want to hear from you on the different links that we have made available to you. Share your ideas about how we do the relaunching of Black Wall Street, as Chester just mentioned, that in the sum total, the genius is there within our communities. We don't profess to have all the ideas. These ideas are ideas that have been generated to us by conversations that we've had with each other, as well as with others. But the main 
crux of it is that we have the ability, we have the financial wherewithal. We just have to be smarter about how we use that which is at our disposal. So share your ideas. We'll publicize them on upcoming podcasts. We'll be more than happy to give you credit for them. If you think there are obstacles that we haven't addressed, share those with us as well. You have many different ways to reach us. And so we want to hear from you because we believe the time is now and we don't have any more time to waste. Especially with the new normal and we see what's happening now, money that was supposed to go to small businesses, help people save their small businesses. There, there doesn't appear to be anyone really looking out for black small businesses. The money hadn't trickled down to black folks, hadn't trickled down to our communities. So now we really, really are going to have to depend on each other. So now is the time really to start thinking about, okay, let's lay the groundwork, let's set the infrastructure in place, and let's relaunch like Wall Street. And the last thing that we want to talk about on this week's edition as we focus on relaunching Black Wall Street is what that will mean in terms of politics. Because when we start to control the economics of our communities, we also should be able to control the representation in our communities, meaning that we can have Black mayors and Black council people and Black town administrators and then Black representatives and then Black senators at the state level and then Black representatives at the federal level. And we can wield a new type of leverage over each election that comes up because we have started to focus on making certain that there are those who are looking out for our best interests. We don't need anybody to tell us what our best interests are. We need to be telling them what our best interests are. We are seeing it as we go into this next presidential election. We're having a good bit of spirited debate between people who talk about the shortcomings of Joe Biden versus the notion of voting. And as for me personally, I come down on the side of recognizing that, hey, he may not be the best choice out there. As a matter of fact, he is not the best choice out there. That's my personal opinion. But to equate him with the card-carrying racist on the other side is just a fallacy. And so since we are operating in a two-tier system of two parties as designed by the founding fathers, then we have to pick a horse in the race. And because we have not gone ahead and reestablished our leverage as Black Wall Street, we are constantly going hat in hand, even though we wield the most concentrated voting bloc power in either party. And so we have to start working more in line with how the process is currently outlined, which means that our dollars have the ability to also unite us and unite our concerns in a way that the presumptive nominees cannot ignore. Yeah, the beautiful thing uh, about what you just said, Rod, is that we would actually be creating our own politician and manufacturing our own politician instead of relying on those that the establishment is producing for us. Yeah, that's so true, Norm. Really, this pandemic has basically pulled back the scab of all the deficiencies uh, that's happening in this country in terms of black folks. When you take how dependent we are on a system that's constantly not supporting us. You got a situation where during the pandemic, we're the only group of people who are under additional stress of white folks murdering us for being black. 
No other group have to worry about that. Not only do we got to worry about not dying from the coronavirus, we got to worry about not dying from racism. When you talk about how we look for the government for support, start looking at the doctors in the hospitals, the number of black doctors that you see that's on the front line saving lives of black folks. This is an opportunity for us to send black folks, black young black kids to universities, the medical school to become doctors. We have a lot of black nurses, but we don't have a lot of black specialists. We don't have a lot of black doctors. This is an opportunity for us to do that. So this pandemic has revealed a lot about this country, how they view black folks. We're dispensable right now. Like on our one of our podcasts, we talked about black folks being guinea pigs. And that's what we're being used as right now. But when you got that financial power, which buys political power, we can wield some power and folks won't treat us the way that we've been treated. And one of the things that political power also buys you in terms of how Black Wall Street in your community works is that you are able to influence not only the local elections, but then who is on the police force, who is appointed to positions of power, because as the old saying goes, all politics is local. And so yep. when you are able to make sure that you are represented on the town council and represented in the mayor's office and represented in the police department, then you have the opportunity to cut down on a lot of the racism that exists because there are too many police in our communities who do not live in our communities and who do not look like us. And when we can wield that kind of power, which those other communities do for one reason, is because they control the money that goes into the governmental processes and they control that money because we give it to them. And so that's going to be our focus going forward. As you heard both Scott and Norm said, we're going to be hearing a lot more about our relaunch of Black Wall Street going forward. So we look forward to hearing from you as well. And so that's it for another edition of the Brothers Talk. We thank each and every one of you for spending some time with us. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at the Brothers Talk, the Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group, the same name. And if you want to go long form with your comments, write us a letter. You can reach us at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. In parting, as always, we say let's do better today because that's really all that we have.